Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I'm the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, broadcasting out of, well, Orlando, Florida today. It is the first Monday of November. Yes, I did say November. Uh, depending on where you're at, it may feel like November, but mm, I'm in Florida, and, uh, well, we won't rub that in. Anyway, um, we've got Sean DeVore with Mannington on the line again. Sean, let's make sure you're there before I get too far. Yeah, I'm still here. Dave, how are you this morning? You know what? Uh, you, you asked a pertinent question. I am absolutely wonderful. Folks, if you've been with us before on the show, uh, I am 90 days post-op of uh, quadruple bypass surgery. And I got to tell you, I couldn't feel better. Um, over the three-day weekend, uh, I did 40 miles on the bike trail. I uh, went to therapy this morning and... I just feel great, John. Thanks for asking. That's great to know, Dave. Just keep up the exercise. That's what makes the heart grow stronger after surgery, for sure. Oh, gosh. I tell you, you know, I I got to tell you, I, I haven't felt this good in years. Uh, but we didn't come on here today for you to listen about my uh, health. I don't think that's what you came on the show for today, is it, John? No. I think we came on to talk about flooring and how to take care of it. And what happens when it goes bad? Flooring goes bad. Now, the, are you talking about the material goes bad and we got to go to the manufacturer and get more flooring or what? Well, hopefully we can restore it. Depends on the quality of the floor you built, you in, had installed and uh, what level of deterioration it's at. Okay, so before we go too far, since it's been a couple of months since we talked, and uh, we might have new people join us. Angel, I see, is online with us today. Um, let's tell everybody uh, why we're talking with you, who you are, and what you do, and maybe they'll give them an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Sure. My name is Sean DeVore. I am a representative for Mannington Commercial. We are a manufacturer of commercial floor covering. That includes carpet, tile, LVT, sheet vinyl, uh, rubber treads, rubber tiles, pretty much anything that goes into a commercial environment that uh, would encompass a K-12 school or a college or a university or a corporate space, anything that handles commercial. And as a result of that, I get involved in the maintenance of it as well. Okay, so you know what? We've here at the Academy had a uh, course that we call Resilient Floor Care. So what would you term resilient floors? Uh, probably not carpet, right? Correct. Re resilient floor is some type of vinyl composition floor where it's made up of 
either vinyl and sheetrock dust or vinyl and uh, um, wood flour or vinyl and some kind of vinyl flooring or linoleum, which those two things are, those are two different things, vinyl and linoleum. Uh Um, So it'd be a resilient floor, something that's a hard surface that's not made from wood or not a wood floor, real wood floor. Okay, that does include concrete and terrazzo then? I would say that no, it's not. That is concrete terrazzo. That's a separate category. Okay, I usually term that in masonry, um, yeah. hard floor. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I would agree with that. Okay, so the thing is, is what we're talking about today is repairing, uh, I would, or maybe not repairing, but renewing, bringing back to life a resilient floor, a floor that we can maintain that may or may not require seals or yes. Resilient flooring, if you leave it as an open, complete open category, the resilient flooring market, some products do require sealants uh, and some require finish and some don't require anything other than neutral cleaner and uh, an auto scrubber. Okay, so I typically get that thing, well, why can't I just add finish on it? My boss wants a shine on it. Well, you can just add finish to it if you want to, but you're going to continue to add finish to it for the foreseeable future. If you okay, so, so, Sean, when we're talking about resilient floors, we're now breaking this down where before, uh, at least in my experience over the years, 45 plus of those. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's really hard to say that sometimes. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, is we used to just talk about vinyl composition tile, which has been out for about 100 years. But when we talk resilient floors today, you went through a list of some, and you said linoleum, vinyl, um, rubber. Resilient floors is now, we need to start breaking it down even further, correct? Yeah, it's, it's a really large category. Okay. We are live on the air. We lost Sean there for a little bit. He'll sorry. probably come back to us. Sorry, sorry about there you are. that. Had a, had a phone call. Resilient floor is a large category. So the vinyl composition tile you mentioned earlier, VCT. Uh, uh, having a hard time with my be, phone. This vinyl, morning, I apologize. I'm right, I'm right here. Yeah, vinyl composition tile, folks, is what we've been dealing with. It majorly took care of the whole category. But in the last 30 years, this category has been split up. And in the last 20 years, it's gotten even more confusing. And I got to tell you, I've been working on this new course that you and I are putting together. And I mm-hmm. mean, golly gee, even I have to go, okay, now which acronym are we using now? Well, that's exactly right, because as you talk about, we've got LVT, LVP, you've got different types of rigid core, LVP and LVT. Um, so there's subcategories to categories, and 
keeping track of how to take care of each category in the commercial environment is difficult. And even in the homeowner environment, I mean, there's so many different things coming out now. Uh, just trying to keep track of how to take care of it is, is just a difficult task. Well, folks, you probably heard, if you've been listening to Sean and I talk over this, uh, this year, uh, we've been working towards a, uh, a new class here for the Academy. We're uh, launching it uh, uh, this month. We didn't get our LV products in in time uh, for the new store at uh, Gym Supply in Tampa. Uh, so the one that we had scheduled for November the 10th, we're going to have to wait probably till December. Uh, but uh, we do have a class scheduled for the 24th of this month in Orlando, a hands-on class for, well, understanding this whole category and working with it. So if you're having some issues and you've listened to this podcast, uh, remember November the 24th, sign up now. Um, Sean and I are going to be conducting this class live. Um, let's kind of give them an overview, Sean, if you don't mind, of mm -hmm. you mentioned LVP and LVT. Is there a difference? Only in visual. LVT is luxury vinyl tile, which is in some type of stone or abstract format, typically 12 by 12, 18 by 18, 12 by 24, 12 by 18, different sizes. And LVP is luxury vinyl plank, which is a wood grain look that you could get a, you know, a heart pine or a, you know, a cherry or uh, any different kind of look of a, a plank. And those come in different sizes as well, 4 by 36, 3 by 36, 6 by 36, uh, I mean, all the way up to 18 by 48 slabs. So the surface of both of them are the same? The surface would be somewhat different between the LVP and the LVT. The LVT is a, being a stone or an abstract look, doesn't have a grain to it. So that would be different than the wood grain because the wood grains all have different ticks to them, tick being the amount of depth of the, the, the roughness of the plank or the grains in the plank. Some of the planks look almost completely realistic, and if you rub your hand across them, they'll have a grain to them. So you want to make sure that you're cleaning them the right way when it comes to an LVP versus an LVT. Now, folks, one of the reasons that you're probably hearing, I'm going to talk to you in this class from more just the basic frontline worker viewpoint. And you can already tell that the technical side of this is going to be left to Sean. So that's why you're getting these two experts involved in this class. Now, we've put together the material and we've been vetting the material. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, we do have a free online course for understanding luxury vinyl uh, flooring products so you can kind of get a, a, a look-see into this whole category and then if you think it's something that you're challenged with then you might want to take the live class sean what we're talking about uh you had a particular case if i remember right of how to take care of scratches don't tell me that somebody scratched the floor yeah, I had a project here in the last month or so that was at a private school, and it was a large installation, over 10,000 square feet. And the cafeteria portion of the job was installed. It was with a darker colored LVT, a dark gray, 
And the first day the students went back in, they used the original old chairs from the cafeteria. They had spent the money to replace the flooring and do some painting, but they had not uh, thought about the furniture. I thought I had pre-warned them. I don't know if I had enough, but I had not. The chairs were in storage. I had visited the job prior to or the day it was going in, but I never saw any chairs anywhere. And the chairs were the old metal bottom chairs. Some of them feet were missing. It was just a, a bad oh, situation. No. And the first day they, the kids destroyed the, the LVT. They scratched it really badly. And the end user. Oh yeah. And it happened and, to and quick. Very concerned. Yeah, it happened very quick. And the, the, Kids are coming. the The school is under construction. Had some different areas that were being worked on, so the kids were walking through sand and open areas uh, and, and tracking in. There was no walk off system. They were walking in right off the grass into the uh, the cafeteria. The place was the when I went and looked at it, it was full of sand and just a just uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, so I. <laughs> I, have a, I hate to I be laughing at the yeah, situation, but you, you, you know this is uh, this, this is what you call the perfect storm, right? Well, they yeah they there was no uh, I don't know it kind of goes back to an old story that I had once with a lady when I was working in Chicago and I was doing residential work and the install this was before cell phones and pagers and all that and, and the lady call or the installer calls me from the woman's house phone and says hey uh she's taken everything from the bed room and put it on top of the bed and wants us to install the carpet and so i put her on or they put her on the phone and she's like i thought you could just lift the legs and um slide the carpet under so i guess i didn't set the right level of expectation and that job and i'm thinking maybe it's my fault i didn't set the right level of expectation on this job as well with the end user because i was involved with the end user as well as the subcontractor okay. um so, so i think it was a level of expectation on both parts but they definitely took the responsibility for it quickly so i immediately got involved and called one of my friends who uh manufactures uh, safety coverings for the bottom of chairs in commercial environments. And I got Brett to send out, he sent out a bunch of chair coverings that the school purchased and uh, we got the chairs covered and stopped the damage from happening any further immediately. And then we went back to try to revisit on how to um, address the situation of scratches. And I had talked to my you're, counterpart. You're being very nice there, but, you're, you're, you're being very nice, but I want to, I want to tell our audience, um, uh, Brett has helped in a, many a person in these kind of situations because they have at Expanded Technologies a whole line of protective floor uh, covering materials to put on all kinds of different chairs. So uh, we're, we're going to mm -hmm. make sure this is part of the, our new class. Now, the problem is, is yeah, Brett is, yeah. Go ahead. That, that was that was after it already had happened, and you're putting those on, but the scratchers are already there. Yeah, so we had a, we have a problem, and we've got to try to figure out an option. You know, I, the school doesn't have the money to replace the floor. It was too large of an area for me to 
to do some kind of an accommodation for Mannington. We could meet in the middle and do a reduced price, but then we got to remove the existing floor and put new back. And so I started exploring options. What are my options? And luckily they had purchased a, a, a 20 mil product from Mannington that has an aggregate in the finish. So it has a pretty thick wear layer on it with an aggregate in it. So I, I consulted our, my maintenance mentor, uh, Jim Toth, T-O-T-H, who works for Mannington. And he's definitely a strong mentor to me. And I consulted him. He said, well, we have a couple of options and this one's going to be kind of out there. But if they're willing to try it, uh, it may be the best for everybody involved. So we went through and, and talked to the end user and they were they were on board to try it. And uh, I got specific instructions on how to to go about it. And we kind of got pretty aggressive with a, a swing machine, mm-hmm. a uh, buffing machine, a low speed with a green 3M green pad and added some lubricant, just water to the floor and started scrubbing the floor. And they went over it, I think twice. And wow. then they laid back into it um, a finish uh, that is the only two coats to re- come back with a wear layer on it. And they'll have to, they'll have to continue to do this in the cafeteria area uh, once probably a quarter or maybe once a year, depending on it. I've actually donated some uh, commercial walk-off carpet tiles to go in the entryways at cost to no cost to them in order to try to offset some of the sand walking in and um, talk to them about vacuuming every day after the students leave. Um, in order to mi- mi- minimize the sand in the in the space, it's going to be a tough space to maintain. But we were able to bring the floor back uh, to I would I would say very close to what it looked like when they purchased it. Okay, and, so now what you've got is you've got a low maintenance floor that now again is a higher maintenance floor, maybe not not like L, uh, like VCT, but it's still a higher maintenance than it would have been. Yes, it's definitely a higher maintenance than what it would have been, but it it was it was luckily it was restorable. And I think and I think that I think to- that's why we're going to have this class, folks, is because you know this is as you just heard Sean talk about this. This is a very delicate type of a process because even with a twenty mil, um, if you'd use the wrong pad, if you are too aggressive with it. You can run through that, go right through the, into the vinyl layers. Yeah, if you get through the wear layer, the clear wear layer of the product, uh, you're going to get into the film, which is the actual product. It is the photograph of the wood floor. Uh, and you're going to, once you destroy that, you're just into black inner layer and, and there's no photo there anymore at all. Right, and, and that's when you are going to replace it. And I think this is the, the issue that you and I have both run into and why we've been working together this year and why we have this new class coming up is, uh, is because, unfortunately, people um, don't always consult people like yourself and I. And so they just do what they've done on VCT and find out later that they have a bigger issue than, than they would have had. Yeah, and the the old adage with I don't really have to do anything to the floor because it always looks okay comes into play with VCT because the average person who uses the space doesn't realize 
they see people in there cleaning the floor once, once or twice a year, but they don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they don't understand that they're actually removing the entire top of the floor and putting a new top on it. Whereas with LVT, you don't do that. You're walking on the floor itself, the wear layer that was put on at the factory, and you're not going to put a new layer on top of it. And that's what always happened when the floor starts getting a little, uh, looking a little worn with VCT or some type of resilient floor that you put finish on, the, the maintenance people come in and strip it down and put a new finish on it, and it looks good again. And LVT, you don't have that option. So, Sean, to the average person that's listening to this podcast today, we are on Podbean Live. Um, they're probably thinking, then, why are we using this luxury vinyl product and just not staying with the VCT then? Yeah, there are some people that ask me that question. The The answer to it is uh, twofold, I think, that the, the most – Obvious answer is the industry's headed that way. The second one is that there's so much more design available to you uh, in the LVT and LVP and the resilient market now that VCT just doesn't offer. And the products are not easily damaged, but they are damaged. They are, it is possible to, to damage the product with an, an improper of foot on a chair or improper point load or sliding things back and forth all over the floor all the time. And it just has, we have to set a new level of expectation uh, with the flooring industry. I think as far as resilient goes, because it is when it first came out, when I first started selling LVT, it was a huge issue in schools and, and different things like that. But now the furniture industry has actually responded with different size casters, larger casters, uh, flat bottoms instead of uh, oval bottoms or half moon bottoms. All those things have made a difference in, in the world of, of maintenance. And the, the maintenance of the product is easier than, than the strip and wax method. It's just a lot less involved. You know, Sean, as you mentioned that, I was um, in cardio rehab this morning, and we have a, a rowing machine that we have to work on that's uh, mounted on a counter, and you uh, you row it with just your arms. And I was looking at the chairs that we sit in there, and you are correct. The, the feet on them um, are probably about a two-inch circle that's flat, and they've got LVP in there. And under those chairs, there's no scratches because they're they're right. uh, this big round flat with the uh, with the covers on, on them. But now in mm-hmm. the in the room in another room where they have a little chair, you know, like you uh, normal sit at, you know, just a um, no arms or anything. They didn't have any feet under or protectors underneath there. It's still got the old style, and it's just scratched all the heck. Yep, yep. So, and so yeah, your furniture manufacturers are understanding that they've got to add their part, but that's not always what our customers are dealing with. No, and that's why it becomes a, a, a burden on me to provide a level of expectation to the client that you're going to have to change some things when you move to this product. And, and 
it's not always scratches that is the problem. It's, we're talking about the degradation of a caster on a, a plastic caster on a cheap furn a, a cheap office chair. So if you go to one of the big warehouses and you buy 15 office chairs for your office that are roughly $200 a piece and you get a really inexpensive caster on the bottom that's made of a, a cheap uh, plastic polymer, these new floors that, that the commercial environment has created with these aggregates in them, either Diamond 10 is one, ours is Quantum Guard uh, with aluminum oxide, uh, other manufacturers have ceramic beads in them. They're actually breaking down the casters on the chairs and the chairs, the residue or the, yeah, the residue that's left into the wear layer gets continually rolled and rolled and rolled back into the surface and eventually damages the floor. When actually what's happening is the floor is breaking down the chair. Oh my. And so, so you're not seeing a, you're not seeing a scratch. You're seeing a residue, almost like if you were to, same thing as if you take a sanding block and sand a piece of wood. If you look at the sandpaper, there's there's dust, sand, you know, sawdust in the sandpaper, and that's what's right. happening on the floors. Uh, I had I had another situation in um, a hospital in Jacksonville, and I had where there was three people sitting at a desk, rolling back and forth, doing paperwork behind a desk. That's all they did. They sat in the chair and rolled back and forth. Um, the average weight of the, the people that were in the chairs was uh, over 200 pounds. It was just a fact. So they were in a more inexpensive chair with casters on it, and they had literally rolled the wheels off those casters on the, on the floor. Oh, my. And so – what is the answer in that situation? You know, it's a, it's something that's created a, there's a new situation created uh, because of a new product that's developed. And so the, the hospital ends up having to purchase a better chair or possibly in those areas, you just go to a carpet tile. You know, this kind of reminds me of back in the uh, 80s, whenever I was in the a business and had my own floor care company and the Finnish manufacturer at the time was Pioneer and they came out with new product, but then they had to come up with a different machine to polish it because it reacted differently. And so then the propane burnishers, they were fighting which machine and what to kind of pads and everything. This kind of sounds like, you know, the this industry has done that many a time. We come up with a different product on the floor and then, and then we start figuring out how we're supposed to take care of it. When I was a young sales rep, when I first started back in 1992, 90, yeah, 1991, uh, I asked the guy that owned the carpet store that I worked at, the floor covering store that I worked at, it seemed really obvious to me because if you go to a lawnmower store, you could buy lawnmower blades, right? So mm -hmm. if you go to the carpet store, why don't we sell vacuum cleaners? Right. And he was like, I don't know. We just don't. And come <laughs> to find out as, as time went on, the floor covering industry doesn't even talk to the vacuum cleaner manufacturers. No. So they're not even, so that, that, that adage has went through the years. And so when we develop an LVT and then you've got guys in the industry trying to sell pads that are for stripping and waxing to clean LVT. 
because they don't even understand how the product's manufactured and we're not talking to them. Well, and folks, this is the reason that you're listening to this. I want to tell you at this point, we are sponsored by Gym Supply. Uh, they've been providing cleaning supplies that save lives for over, well, close to uh, 80 years here in Central Florida. And we're very happy to be uh, sponsored by them. And as such, this is a reason that you're listening to this is why Sean and I have put together this class because um, here at the academy, we're always dealing with how to educate people professionally to take care of these things. Sean is from one of the major uh, fac uh, factories, uh, Mannington. And so we've developed a line of products, four products in this system that will help you clean, renew, restore, and shield these flooring materials. Now, one of the things that we're talking about right now, Sean, is the difference between pads and cylindrical. Now, in the class, we're going to be talking about cylindrical because we're only going to use pads in this scratch repair method. Uh, do you want to explain to our audience a little bit of, about that difference? Well, pads are flat, round pads made by 3M or who, whatever manufacturer you're, you're working with as far as your supplier. And they work great on a, a smooth, flat surface like terrazzo or sheet vinyl where you don't have embossing. With the LVP and LVT products, you have embossing, you have micro-beveled edges. Uh, those are mo best cleaned using a cylindrical brush on an auto scrubber that gets down into those areas. And we've also been successful with some microfiber pads that are not the traditional pad. They're a little bit different. So we've had some success with those as well on different surfaces that we sell. Um, so those, that's the basic difference. One is a flat surface that goes around in circles. And the other one is a cylindrical pad that goes around in circles. It's uh, like a pen. It looks like a pencil with brushes on it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, you know, I always tell people, to, you know, if you have uh, a texture on the surface, if something smooth, can it get down into the texture? Right. No, it you can't. Know. No, it can't. So the only thing you're uh, depending on or relying all of your cleaning ability on is that the water or the chemical gets there and hopefully you've got enough suction. And, you know, uh, quite honestly, most people, uh, unfortunately, you're still using uh, the good old single hole, dirty, slimy, filthy, nasty, ugly, smelly mop bucket. Oh, yeah. And it's one mop bucket without two chambers. Right. And, and so, so what we're going to talk about in this class is a plethora of different information that goes along with this. Now, what's interesting what we're going to talk about with this could actually now be used over on all those smooth floors that we always thought we had to use the old conventional type. So I think this is really a shakeup in the industry because uh, what's the number these days, Sean, is it 35, 45, 50% of floors are now switching over to this? Oh, I'd say it's way higher than that. Oh, really? way higher than that. They're at, the LVT and LVP has taken 
they're taking market share from carpet tile. Uh-huh. So we we've went just at our our own plant. We went from uh, probably in twenty uh, since two thousand and eight. We went from three hundred and twenty six thousand square feet of manufacturing space for LVT and LVP to over a million. Just that's just one company. Three times the amount at, of space. Right to manufacture domestically manufacture LVT and LVP, and then you go to these other industries that were basically the other companies, my competition in the market were sourcing LVT for a long time from other, from either from Asia or for England or different areas. And cause it was already being manufactured. That was Asia was the major market for, for vinyl products. Oh yeah. Most of the other, our competition was sourcing that product from another manufacturer and selling it with a private label. And well, that's also where a lot of the problems came from too. Yeah, that is where a lot of the problems came from. And and then they, you know, from ingredients to durability to, you know, just how things were made and delivery times. But because of how much the market has blossomed in the United States and the Americas in general, those same competitors are now manufacturing domestically, which is awesome because it's created American jobs in manufacturing here in the United States. But what it's gone to prove is, is how much market share LVT and LVP has taken um, for those companies to make investments, multi-million or maybe even as much as a billion dollar investments in manufacturing here in the United States to, cre- to, to manufacture a product um, because the, the market share has grown so much. So if you take the major manufacturers of Mannington, Shaw, Mohawk, Tarquette, and you know a couple of those are multi-billion dollar dinosaurs that are just huge and they're manufacturing now domestically. So that just gives you an idea of, of, of this amount of sales and hard surface products that's happening in the United States. Well, you know, it, n- nothing, nothing would upset me uh, if we just got rid of carpet altogether. Yeah. Cause that's a whole nother, maintenance issue that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> and see that's where i live is i live on the maintenance side of it not on the on the other side uh, which is interesting for you you've got to deal with with both the installation and finding the right stuff and the interior design and all that and then right. you get the maintenance side too i think which is interesting and, and folks uh, as you're listening to this today either on a live uh, with us here on podbean live or if you're listening to the recording, this is exactly why Sean and I got together is because one of the the main things that you and I both saw a couple of years ago is people just don't understand how to take care of it once it's there. No, and, they, and the, the transition has been so, to us, it's been slow, but to the market, it's been, it seems really quickly because you have, like, I'm going to meet with a school system this, this week that is building a brand new high school and they have traditionally always used carpet tile and, and VCT. And so they, they know that they have to strip and finish every year. Uh And so I'm going in to meet with them and this is going to be the major part of my discussion is going to be around maintenance is like, listen, you guys need to understand what you're doing this whole system so we when we when if with if and when you buy my product and you install it in this school 
I have to come in and do a maintenance seminar on how to take care of it because you're, you're going to change the entire way that you're doing everything. Yes. Everything changes. Well, and, the, you know, the, one, the one thing that I wish that everybody would get through their head, and, and you know, this is probably from that administration side that, you're, that you get to talk with at this point, mm-hmm. is that matting is the first thing, no matter what type of floor uh, that's in that facility. And if people would just spend more money and more uh, uh, thought on matting, they would save so much on the interior of their building. One of my most successful accounts that I have, a large, very large school system in, in here in Florida, had, understands that. Every school, <clears throat> every door that goes to the exit, to the outside world, has walk-off material. And they've gotten away from the uh, traditional weld walk-off, the pedomats. That's a, that's a... Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a company name, but you know, a well, uh, something that you you're required to depress the concrete, resell well, and then you put the over it. Those never get, they're always full. They get full of sand and half the maintenance, some of the maintenance people, I don't know half, but because I'm speaking out of turn, but some of the maintenance people don't even realize those things can be picked up. So they need to be picked up and you, yeah. You pick them up and then you have to clean the sand out of them and then they don't want to go back in because they're bent or dented or whatever. So this school system has gotten away from those right. uh, deep well things and they put in a walk-off carpet tile that's installed into the floor uh, in coordination with the LVT that's in there and they install at least 15 feet at every door. And well, folks, I got to tell you, this is one of the things that, as we said, we're getting ready to uh, put all new flooring in our new store there in Tampa uh, at Gym Supply. And one of the things that we have is we have very aggressive carpet uh, matting tiles. Or I should say matting tiles, not carpet, but matting tiles uh, that you'll walk in on before you get to the LVT. Uh, now, that's what we're talking about, but there's got to be one on the outside. So in our classes, we always talk about the the best program is 30 feet. Now, Sean said 15. I'm going to go for best practice, and that's 30 feet. Um, and we kind of have a, a matting schedule put there. You know, Sean, this is the thing that you're talking about is that that school that has understood this, they don't do it just for the LVP or LV product, do they? They do it for all their buildings. Have they figured that out yet? Oh, yeah, they do it for every building they have. And the scenario that I always I, – I started talking about walk-off entrance systems as a salesperson because it was beneficial to me to sell a different type of product, like selling socks with a suit. But uh, that's how I started with it. But I learned that by talking to a, a client – because typically when you walk in, if you look in a commercial building when you walk in, traditionally, even with architects specifying it, when you had carpet tile, let's use a corporate environment as an example. The building is the lobby's got carpet tile in it. Right. Well, when they walk in, when you walk in the building, they'll put some type of beautiful porcelain tile. And even if the whole bottom floor is porcelain tile, they'll the upper floors and the offices will have carpet tile. Mm-hmm. So what happens when it's raining? Well, when it's raining or snowing or some type of something's going on outside. 
they the people walk in the building across out of a hard surface parking lot onto a hard surface lobby get in an elevator that's probably hard surface then they go up and when they first step out into the elevator lobby that's the first walk off the new carpet tile that they install and that's when i started selling walk off because it it made sense to me that you wanted some type of soft surface before you walked on the ceramic or the porcelain tile. And this was many years ago before LVT existed. And, you know, it just made sense that if you're going to walk in off a hard surface uh, outside on a sidewalk or the, the parking lot and then walk in on hard surface inside the building, you're not losing anything off the shoe until you get to the carpet tile. Right. So that's how I started selling it. And that's how it's, and then that was easy transition for me to sell it with LVT because it's the same story. Folks, we've been talking with Sean DeVore here with Mannington. Um, and we're very happy to have him on board with us. Uh, he's going to be part of our uh, class that we're starting our next class, or I should say our first class uh, here in Orlando at gym supply is going to be, this month on the 24th, I believe that's a Tuesday. Um, these are going to be short sessions, only about three hours long. Try to give you the short and sweet to all of this conversation we've had. We've been talking for 45 minutes here uh, on the subject. As you can see, there's a lot. You know, Sean, there's even more things involved because people don't understand that just because it looks like wood doesn't mean it's wood. And then they come in with this one that looks like terrazzo and it's linoleum. Right. So, what are we doing to these folks? <laughs> I well, mean, even, even, even I'm having trouble keeping up with all the different types because, you know, now we've got all this different types of material and how do, how does the client, the end user really know what they've got if they just, you know, like a building service contractor that's just got a contract and says, now take care of my law office. And they go, what kind of floor is this? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And even like with rubber flooring, our rubber flooring has a, a wax embedded in the rubber. So as you add friction to it, the wax rises up and you can make it shinier by buffing it more. Yeah, so, and you buff that, uh, and you actually buff with a low-speed machine mm -hmm. or even a high-speed, but it has high to speed, have a yeah. brush instead of a pad. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, we use, we started the buffing process with a low-speed, and then we bring it up to a high-speed. And and you buff it with a traditional high-speed machine to bring more shine, to get more, fric you know, the more heat you bring into the floor, the more the shine comes up. That's because the, the the wax and it's actually wax comes to the, the to the surface. Sure, comes to the surface. And, so and, and yes, now that's a smooth rubber floor, not a knobby rubber floor, because you can't run a pad on a knobby rubber floor. Well, we have both that so, both have the same wax. So, folks, we're not going to be talking in this class. Uh, we're going to talk about them only so that you recognize there are differences. But, you know, I think that's the thing. Our classes here at the Academy are having to get more specific because more people are having these. I want to end our show today talking about one thing that I saw an article that you uh, contributed to. And this is as we're talking LVT product here. And, well, LVP, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, 
gymnasiums and plank flooring. Let's talk to the audience a little bit here as we close our show out. Uh, yeah, I've done several projects that involved a multi-purpose room for a, a church or a gymnasium for a private K through 12 school uh, where the, the gymnasium may be used for a cafeteria as well as a basketball court or a volleyball court. And we've been successful at using these LVT products and LVP products, mostly planks because it mimics a basketball floor. Right. If you look at a, if a true traditional basketball floor is suspended on a, a special, there's a lot of layers up under that wood floor that allows the, the, the uh, basketball to bounce in a certain way, the players to have some sound absorption as well as the ball, how the ball reacts. And it's very expensive. And to refinish and repolyurethane a wood floor on a traditional basketball court runs anywhere from sixty to $65,000 to have it professionally stripped and, and repolyed. So if you look at how often that's done, depending on what school you're at, where it's at, the sand on the floor, how often the gym's used, I mean, that can be a very cost prohibitive situation that you get into. So some of these smaller schools and the and these large churches that it's this this got these multi-purpose rooms, uh, they're moving to LVP to to do in these areas, and we're able to. Uh, it's not just exclusive to us, but we're able to put lines in it to put a basketball court or a volleyball court and allow the room to be used for many different things and still get the durability of the LVP. Millware layers all going to be the same because now you're talking a, an extremely high use area here. And you talked about this other school this morning. Um, are we talking standard commercial, residential? Uh, where should the consumer be looking for their wear layers, as you mentioned? Well, one of the things that I, I don't mind doing a basketball court in a church or a multipurpose room uh, because it's actually, to me, it's less traffic. Yeah, it's concentrated. They're playing basketball on it. They're having it. But all the kids are wearing the same exact shoe. It's all a soft it's all a soft shoe uh, with a rubber sole. And they are – one thing you see basketball players doing all the time is wiping the bottom of their shoes. So there's no sand. There's no nothing being tracked in. Uh, so the durability of the LVT can go down a little bit. I would consider a corridor in an uh, elementary school, a main corridor in an elementary school, to have way more traffic than a basketball court for a multi-purpose room for a church because you have sand, you have all different types of shoes, you have all kinds of different kinds of traffic, and you can't control that amount going into it. The first thing they do before a basketball game is take a microfiber dust mop and mop the whole floor. So those things encountered with the durability, I can go down to a commercial 20 mil in a basketball court in a multi-purpose room or a um, – a private school and be completely okay with it. Okay. So you said a commercial 20 mil. What is the standard residential wear layer? I don't, the word standard is a very <laughs> loose term when it comes to that. But I, I would say, you know, residential starts at six mil and goes uh, six, eight uh, and 12 and then 20. So 
if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or one of the big box stores and you buy LVP for, you know, 79 cents or 80 cents a foot, you're probably getting a six or an eight mil LVT. It has basically just a painted on clear wear layer on top of it. Well, just basically enough not, where they can call it a wear layer. Exactly. So being that's when we started this whole conversation at the beginning, the big concern was uh, what is the wear layer and can you restore it? So if you're down at a six mil, you're not going to restore it. So you, you, you're just not going to, if it's scratched, it's scratched because you're through the wear layer. Yeah, and you're not going to take a, the, you're not going to take a floor machine into it. Like you said, because you're going to go right no. through it and right into the vinyl and remove the vinyl right. and you're screwed the floor. Right. So the best thing to do is understand what kind what floor you have, what uh, wear layers on it and and who the manufacturer is so you can get the proper maintenance guidelines behind it. And I think that's what it boils down to. Folks, this is exactly why we got with uh, Sean earlier in the year. And I will tell you for our new floor, we talked about it. If you've listened to some of our previous podcasts, Sean helped me with, you know, all of these technical things. And we now have the correct wear layers because I, I thought it was interesting, Sean, before we actually got our product and ordered it, um, you know, I, I had to do the di due diligence, as they say, and mm -hmm. went shopping around the local places. And whenever I asked for a 40 mil wear layer, people looked at me like I had just fell off the edge of the planet. You know, well, 20 is all there is. We don't, there's no, there isn't any such thing as that. Uh, and it, so it shows you what you will find when you go out there, folks, is just start shopping this and start learning. Um, you, you need to really know what you're doing because now we are putting in front of the counter and the entryway. So you're going to come off of the walk-off uh, matting and you're going to come on to the tiles that we're going to put in. And these are 40 mil for extra heavy traffic uh, because that's what happens at the counter of a store, correct? Mm, that's correct. That's what, you know, the 40 mil goes into airport uh, caf cafes and hospital cafes and hospital main corridors, ground floors. That's where the 40 mil goes in. Uh, retail spaces, uh, restaurants, that's where 40 mil because that's extremely high concentrated traffic with look to clean, sweep, and maintain. Folks, we whereas the, the 20 mil you can use. Well, I was going to say, folks, we appreciate you uh, listening to us. Uh, as you can tell, Sean and I could talk for hours on end, and we will in our class. We've got a three-hour class coming up, uh, as I said, November the 24th. You can go to the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and you can sign up for the class now. It is open and ready. It will. It's just our first one. We'll actually be doing this every month. So uh, if you want to learn about it, there's an understanding luxury vinyl flooring on our online campus. So you can go there and find either one of those. Sean, you got any parting words before we uh, leave people today? Go vote. Whoever you vote for. <laughs> that is right. It is tomorrow. Well, well, it's actually happening today and tomorrow. Um, I know we've got a class on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and the other the other presenter, he said, well, we're really going to have a class. Are you sure we're not going to have civil war that day? <laughs> this country has survived so much. I think we'll be just fine. 
Yeah, it is interesting though, Sean, uh, as you, as you mentioned that, uh, I've been seeing them. They're putting up barricades in places and boarding up windows and getting ready for whatever happens. And that, that's uh, just kind of horrible, I have to say. But no matter what, uh, we will be back with you folks on another one of our shows. Uh, you will be able to listen to this on the recorded version. I'll have an email link there for Sean and myself so you can get a hold of us. And I'll have a link to this uh, new class. Hope you've learned something today, Sean. Uh, Gosh, we missed each other last month. We were both so busy. Yeah, I had uh, a couple of things come up, and 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 in a positive note, more more of my clients are having me come into their offices now. So uh, I'm back out on the road working, which is exciting for me because that's what I love doing. That's a that's why I love doing what I do. Going to see all my customers and my friends, and and. Uh, I may be able to do that again. So that's what happened uh, last month. Well, you know, we've talked about this all year. We're going to have to see what happens as we go into the turn of this new year. Um, you know, we, we, we still are in the grips of this pandemic. And uh, I, I don't think we're like we, we, we've not even got close to seeing the end of it. So uh, we'll all just deal with it best we can. And, we will talk with you again next month. Uh, we always talk with Sean on the first Monday of every month. Catch any of the recordings uh, here at Beyond Clean with Ace. If you, you uh, are looking for supplies and you're in the Central Florida area or you can't find it where you're at, get hold of Jim Supply. They'll be glad to help you. Sean, thanks again for another podcast. I appreciate it, Dave. I really enjoyed it today. Thank you so much. Folks. Come back and um, like and share uh, all that we have here. We've got all kinds of YouTube videos. We've got things on um, Instagram. We're out there on Facebook. You know all of the stuff. Like and share. There's three words that we like to use as our foundation here at Beyond Clean with Ace. Make sure that whatever you do from now until the next time we talk with you, it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Thanks, Sean. We'll talk to you next month. And for everybody else, stay healthy.